Good afternoon, good afternoon, and good afternoon. It's Friday. Happy Friday to everyone. I am here with another special show on Ask Sharifa Videocast and Podcast. Today's guest we're going to learn from, we're going to laugh with. We had her here before on the Roundtable Talk Show, and we learned so much. So I know you're going to enjoy today's show. So please go ahead and share this show, because friends don't let friends miss out on Ask Sharifa Videocast and Podcast. This lovely young lady is going to talk about real estate. She works tirelessly to accomplish her clients' goals using innovative and modern strategies to selling real estate. Experience gives her the know-how to accomplish with unrivaled results with an excellent team of people behind her at Coldwell Banker. Good morning, Lisa, Lisa Bonehouto. Good morning, don't worry about it lisa how are you this friday good good how are you i am excellent 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 tell us about yourself lisa who are you what do you do and what are you passionate about who am i i'm born and raised here in bergen county new jersey i am a mom of three a wife of my husband paul for 23 uh, 22 years now I have two dogs. I'm a dog mom. And what I'm passionate about is my uh, business. I love, I love helping people move, buying and selling real estate. There's nothing greater than someone buying their first home and achieving that dream. And, you know, people that are downsizing or upside, you know, upsizing, getting something bigger within the community once they start a family, et cetera. So I love what I do. What made you decide to love what you do and love real estate? I know you mentioned the families, the movies, but has real estate always been your passion? Are you a serial entrepreneur? How did you wind up here? How did I start? Um, after, after high school, I went to college. I was going uh, to Drew University here in Madison, New Jersey. And I went for two years. I was going for graphics and advertising with a double major in Spanish. And at that point, it's, you know, you could tell my age, the computers came out and the computers took over the advertising industry and there wasn't really anything else that I wanted to do. So I left school and I went to beauty school. So I got my cosmetology license. I love being around people. I love that it's something different every day. And I did that for a number of years until I was pregnant with my second daughter, who's now 17. And at that point, my husband is a contractor and I run his business as well. And I always, you know, like looking at houses and showing people houses and the interior and designing and things of that nature. And once I had my second daughter, I said, well, what am I going to do now? Who's going to watch my kids when I work at the salon? It wasn't cost effective for me to risk losing time with my children while I had to pay a babysitter. So ends up that a few years went by and I says, you know what? I actually had my son who was two at the time, my third child. And I said, why don't I get my real estate license? I love people. I love houses. It kind of ties into everything. And I've been doing that now over a decade. So I love it. I wish I would have done it sooner. And one of the main reasons is because I actually can make my schedule around my family schedule. Now so you say you uh, want to do it or you wish you would have done it sooner. For people who are maybe later in life, do you feel like it's too late for them to start? Because so many people, especially in a global pandemic, are looking for a new life, a new career, a new direction to go in. Would you recommend yes. real estate? 
I tell everybody, I mean, I, if I would have known back in college, I would have got my real estate license, did referrals out, something like that, because I, I knew I liked the industry, but I never really thought I would love it once I got going into it. It's like I said before, there's nothing like it. And it's never too late. We have people that are in college that have their license. We have people that are retiring. They're going to retire from their job one day and they want to start something so that they have something going for when they retire, they can then delve into that. Um, you know, the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. It's not like, you know, if, if you're in a city, someone can just do rentals and mm -hmm. do that. Where I am, we are right over the George Washington Bridge. We're about 15 minutes outside New York City. And because of the exodus there with the whole, you know, pandemic, it's busy here anyway, but this past year, it's just really exploded. Mm -hmm. But why Coldwell Banker? Why did you decide to go with Coldwell? I interviewed several companies around here when I started, and I just wanted to be with the global brand. I like that it's, you know, recognized all over the world. There is no lack of training. They're on top, you know, top of the line with technology, everything that's new, they're, you know, innovative, it's all coming out. And they've been around for over 100 years. That makes a lot, that's very important. That's very important when looking at who to work with. I recognize the name, which is why I asked the question. It, it matters who you start off with. Now, Lisa, many people are concerned that they get into these industries because one of the things that they're talking about is jobs due to a direct result of COVID in the global pandemic. Like certain jobs are going away or maybe people aren't buying anymore. People aren't selling anymore. Do you feel like this is still a good time to start this career? Yes. When I actually started, it was when the market tanked. I had 2008. For sale. Yes. And everyone's like, are you crazy? I said, listen, I didn't know, you know, I hear stories. There's people in my office that have been doing this for 30, 40 years. And they would tell me, you don't know what you missed. You know, you'd be on a car writing contracts out and all that stuff. And I'm like, what I don't know, I don't know, but I'm happy to start and happy to learn. And for me, that was a perfect time. And each year I've been doing more and more business. It just keeps growing. And especially now, I've heard other places in the country maybe have slowed down, mm -hmm. but not here. The mortgage rates are very low, even in terms of refinancing. I always tell people, hey, even if you're not moving, take a look at the rate because it's kind of you set it and forget it. Mm -hmm. And um, it's beyond busy here. Mm. Well, that's good. That's definitely um, inspirational. Now, Many people who are entrepreneurs, because the majority of the people who tune into the show are entrepreneurs, also wonder, how do you juggle being an entrepreneur or being, you know, in business, doing, going out and doing real estate and, and, and being a parent, which is what, what you mentioned started this journey for you? Yes. Well, what I do, I'm a paper person. If I put my schedule in here with five of us, it's never going to work. So I have my planner. We also, um, I do make a schedule at the office. I do, um, it's called op time where you can schedule two hour slots and then you sit at the desk and you know, you can get leads that way. I take it time. I make it the most where I'm going to be sitting somewhere doing my busy body work anyway. Let me sit there. So I make my schedule there around the kids schedules because right now my kids are 20, 17 and 12 in three different areas. So I have to get their schedules and with COVID now, over here in New Jersey, they have half a day of school. 
So no, I want to make sure 12 to one, I'm nowhere because I have to pick up in different directions. Mm-hmm. And I just schedule around that. I know my daughter's work schedule, but my husband's got something. And now that they're older, I can leave them alone. But when they were little, you know, I would do things when they were in school all day. And then my parents are three miles away or a babysitter if I had to go do appointments. But there's eight years between the oldest and youngest. So then the oldest one would watch and just go from there. But if someone was sick, I know, hey, I can reschedule something. During the holiday break, if school's off, I know, hey, I'm not going to schedule any time at the office. I could work from home. So it's just very flexible for me. It seems like it. Are you showing um, appointments virtually now, or are you one of the people doing appointments in person? We are fortunate enough that we are allowed. We're, we're allowed to do open houses. Um, okay. We can do showings. When this first happened, I want to say last March, it was total lockdown because like I said, we're right here. We got it first with New York and New Jersey. And for March, I would say a good three, four weeks, it was like, oh my gosh, now what? (laughs) Come April, it was like the sky exploded. I mean, it was just busy, busy, busy. So with what we're allowed to do, it's basically two people, uh, you know, unless there's a family, for showings and, you know, they wear masks. I have the booties in my car, as well as I have wipes and gloves, whatever anyone wants, you can, you know, I have a supply of. Sometimes if we're showing, if I have a buyer, the listing agent may say they want your shoes off or whatever it may be. So we just take any precaution that, you know, the sellers or buyers want. Yes, we were doing virtual. I love doing Facebook lives anyway. When I do open houses, I always do a live because people want to see you in the moment, what's going on. You know, it's exciting. And we would show homes that way. You you know, so if someone's in California or, you know, two blocks away, if they don't feel comfortable going into property, I can go in and do the tour. Same thing. I have someone in Florida. They're going to be moving up here. They want some rentals. They're down there. I can go on my phone and do a lot, you know, a FaceTime also at a property and they could see it that way. And for those of you who want to come in person, you can come in person, but I would say 99.9% everyone's in person. Okay. Well, that's interesting. One of the things that I've been talking about is this whole idea that since so many companies are moving towards working virtually, many people feel that they don't have to work in the same city. You know, even Facebook is running into that in Palo Alto. It's very high expensive place to work in or excuse me to live in and if you're working virtually you can work from anywhere as a realtor do you see more people moving in or changing residences simply because they no longer have to have that commute yes so what i see it's twofold there are the people that work in the city that now these companies no longer need space because everyone can go virtual Mm -hmm. so now there are people that are buying a bigger home because they need that one extra room. Maybe they don't have a basement. Maybe they don't have that extra bedroom or a den area for an office. So there are people with that scenario. There's also people that are trading up as we call it, because there's parents. They couldn't see their parents for how long they have to be separated and they want to live together. So now there's also where people are home and now they need extra space for a parent or two. So in addition to, as I said before, people in the city that they're in between, you know, four walls, you can't get out anywhere. 
So once people see what they can afford in New York City and they come right across the bridge and it's like, oh my gosh. So a lot of people are just coming here and uh, looking at the different areas and seeing what's best for them in terms of to get outside, have you know, a lawn and a backyard and you know, even if the stores were closed, walk around the town or something. But I think as a as in general, that becomes more important to us this year, 2021, more people are interested in in the community and going out, walking around, meeting people, seeing the neighbors, as opposed to, you know, just commuting, just coming, you know, back and forth, work, 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 work. So I think it's a different type of mentality now. I think it says a lot for our society and people in general. Well, I think they're finally starting to, well, not this generation. I'm, I was born in 69, so I don't care. I'm going to be 52 this year. When I was a kid, and I know you had your birthday, so I'm up on you. You're, you're always younger than me. So, um, you know, I grew up in the next town. So I've been around here my whole entire life. And back then, you know, we were outside riding our bikes. Now everything is such fast pace. Everything's computers and this and that. And, you know, they're with the phones and even with the kids in school, everybody's on a computer. People have a hard time communicating in person. They're right. used to being behind that. So I think with this whole past year, and people being disconnected from people, it's giving people a new lease on life, so to speak, and getting out there and actually seeing people face to face. Yes, but do you also see, like you mentioned, maybe they need a new room for the office or maybe they need a new room for mom and dad, but are people moving closer to be near family? Are you seeing more homes so because of that reason? Not that it's closer to family because with this whole thing that, you know, they're not in the same household. So either they're joining households or they are moving, like we said, from the city because of the fact that some companies aren't going back mm -hmm. and they need the extra, you know, the extra space for, for an office. And also with the kids being homeschooled, like mm -hmm. I said, that's another thing around here. You know, they may have that extra room, but now the kids, you got three kids and they're all homeschooled half a day. What do you do? You know, I got one over in the, in the dining room. I had my daughter in her room, my son downstairs. The Wi-Fi is not working. They got to move. Who's Zooming? You can't talk. So it's, you know, there's that. So how do you do that as a parent? I would, I, my children are 24 and 27. I would never, ever, I don't know how you do it. I mean, especially with such big age gaps, how do you teach this one? And how do you? I don't okay. teach them because I don't know what they're doing. I felt like my mother when I was little and I asked my mother for help with my math homework, she would go, I don't know how your teachers are doing it. Same thing. If I go to help them with math homework, they don't do it the way I do it. They get in trouble. You know, you do long division. If they don't show this and that, they get in trouble and get it wrong because they don't show the work. So right. I said, that was my problem in school. I always did it in my mind. I just did it in my mind. I never worked well, that's out the problem. My son's in seventh grade and he's very, very bright. And he does all his math in his head. Yes. And it, he's getting in trouble because he's got to write it down, even though the answer's right. So I'm like, you got to ask the teacher. Um, <laughs> and you know, you're, you're just okay with that. You're like, yeah, that's it. Mom doesn't know. That's it. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, they, he gets every, they get everything right. So mm -hmm. with my, the, with the high schooler, uh, it's a little difficult because she really needs to be in person. And finally, now they're there five days mm -hmm. at, from 8 to 1230. And then my son's in another town and they get out the same time. So one waits while I pick the other one up. The mm -hmm. oldest one's college age, so she's home. And then for my son, they do everything in school. He does his homework. So when he comes home, there really isn't anything. If he has a question, he emails his teachers. 
mm-hmm. and the high schooler one when they have extra help it's for an hour in the afternoon and they log on to zoom with their teachers mm-hmm. and if there's anything they need help with they do it that way were you one of those parents that resisted the idea of going back to in-person school no not my dumb. kids have my kids um have some special education needs of sorts they're very visual they have to be there even you know, with the high school, the one teacher was evaluating my daughter and he said 100% when she's right in front of them is a totally different experience than being home. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. I can imagine, but just, I, I think teens especially are very social. Their team, their peers, the people they're around is very important to them. When yeah, they went yeah. back to school, I mean, did you see that this, I mean, what was the effect, I guess, is the question that you saw? Because, I mean, being at home for a year without being able to socialize, I don't know what I would have done. Well, that's why, thank God, even with my job, I'm out there. And that's the other reason, thank God, for my job, because I would have been fired. Right. Back and forth every other week, who has the school closes down for two people with, co- you know, Every two weeks, someone's home for two weeks and back and forth. I says, thank God, because we would be fired if I had a job where I had to be somewhere nine to five and every two weeks trying to figure out on the spur of the moment what's going on and who could pick the kids up. But um, especially with the high school, finally, because they were split in two different groups. And now finally, they're all allowed. My daughter goes, oh, my gosh, there's this girl that she knew freshman year in her class. Had no idea because they're stuck on a Zoom from September, we start school here in September, right, right around Labor Day. Like they didn't know who else they were in class with. Because when oh, she wow. would go to class, there's like six kids. And now that all of them are there, they get to, you know, have an experience with the kids in the class. She had no idea. Wow. That so is it's, very, it's very sad. You know, it, it's sad for them. They're, they're missing out on a lot. And with this whole thing, these kids and the education is going to have the, they're going to have the brunt of everything because it, it's very difficult for them. That is beautiful. Now, some people might have to change careers. Is it easy? Is it difficult? How difficult is it to become a realtor? What are the requirements? You go to school. And I, when I went, I went on Saturdays because I had children, so I couldn't do it during the week. But where I went, you could either go Monday. I think it's Monday through Thursday. I want to say it was three weeks all you know, day, or it was two nights a week for 12 weeks, or it was 12 Saturdays. And then you take the school test and then you take the state test. And of course, everything you learn in school isn't reality of what what happens when you're out. You know, it's basically book stuff, but everything else is practical. So you kind of learn as you go. And uh, like I said before, I had interviewed a lot of different companies around here to see what the differences were. And then I picked the company that I wanted to go with. And that was history. You know, you get set up computer-wise, email, websites, and training, and then just go. And we started, I started shadowing people for open houses and things like that. And I mean, everyone in our office gets along great. And if you need help with anything, everyone's there for you. Because although you're a competitor, whatever, you're the real estate agent. But we all get along. We do projects together. And there's enough business out there. There's more than enough business for everyone. Now, you mentioned the books as opposed to practical real life. For someone who is just starting out, what are some of the things you would recommend 
avoiding and some of the things that you would recommend doing? Hmm, let's see. First thing, don't think, because I've had people, you know, customers of mine that have been a, a renter, a tenant, and, oh, I was thinking of getting my real estate license and doing some rentals on the weekend. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not happening. You, if you're in a city or a Jersey city or New York city or somewhere where all there are, are rentals, you definitely, some rentals, you can make more money than a, selling a house. But the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. Number two is um, I've seen plenty of people that tell me when they're starting out, I don't want to have to put money into something like this is your business. You can't start a business with no money. I say, first of all, whatever you are spending, it's a tax write off. Talk to your accountant, but you have to advertise yourself. You have to you know, I mean, we're fortunate we get business cards and such, you know, from Cole Banker, but you know, you can't go in into something without have to put something into it. it. It's it's not possible. And I would also say really research the companies that you're looking at. I tell people, you know, more you can ask me anything you want. I don't have anything to hide, to share, whatever. I could put you in touch with my manager. You could speak to her about the company, but definitely do your research. There's a lot of hidden fees, insurance, things of that nature that God forbid you need a lawyer. Someone's getting sued because people will sue. I mean, I haven't been, but sued over a chandelier. Someone bought a house and took the shoes off and was told not to and fell, bought the house and then sued. Like there's stories out there. I mean, things people like that. People do the weirdest thing. I saw, I don't know if you saw this article, Lisa. I saw it um, this morning. It was a couple who went and looked at a house, a property, that's trying to be, um, they're trying to sell, someone's trying to sell, and they loved it, they fawned over it, they thought it was it was empty, or they thought it was being sold, so the guy wasn't there, and then they planned a full wedding at this person. Oh, I heard that this morning. That's what I'm saying. I was like, oh my God, like, who does that? Yeah, oh, they wanted to have a wedding at this mansion, and they said, let's have it there, and then the owner lived next door. Okay. Oh, wow, they thought it was empty. Oh, you know what else is another thing that I always say? You have to watch. Not that you're saying or doing anything wrong, but you have to be careful nowadays with going in someone's house mm -hmm. when there's nanny cams, things record, ring doorbells, because you can hear to the street. And not that you're saying anything wrong, but, you know, homeowners watch you. Like, just... When you go in someone's house, and I always tell the agents this when they're new, you don't know, just please tell people, just don't, oh my gosh, look at that wallpaper. Like the people living there love that wallpaper. Like <laughs> just when you're going in somewhere, just tell everyone, listen, just if it's something that you don't want someone to know, just don't say it out loud because that's someone's home. They love it. They've been living there forever, you know, however long. And just wait until you get outside and then discuss it with your you know, with your agent. Yeah. But that's a big thing people don't realize. The other thing um, I tell the, you know, new agents is, you know, you can feel free. Like I was saying before, you can shadow me, come to open houses. You know, how do you do things? It's all, it's all progression. The more, you know, once you start doing it, you learn and then, you know, you make it your own with your own spiel and, you know, things like that. 
you, you mentioned investing. You said it's your business, invest in your business. What are like some of the top three things that you would recommend that you have to have to be a good realtor? What would you invest in? You know, are you just saying in general, like marketing or, you know, there's the, a realtor's guidebook or something that may be expensive, but you recommend, you know, purchasing? Yeah. Well, we, I mean, we're fortunate enough with our training, we do have a buyer's guide, a seller's guide, things like that. Number one, I would say, invest in your education. Okay. Because I know agents that have been doing this a long time and they don't do anything or they don't know technology. You always have to keep up with what's going on. Like we were discussing earlier about with COVID. Now I would do a 3D tour because when I have a listing, I always had a virtual tour, but if people don't want to go in the house, they will be able to do a walkthrough without actually being there. They could see the exact floor plan. They could see the room dimensions. They'll know if something's going to fit in that room. I also do virtual staging. So when I have a vacant house, uh, I do actually do training as well with Ryan Serhant from the Million Dollar Listing. So I go, I got that little tip from him. I, you know, you learn something from somebody every day. That's my motto. But with virtual staging, I said, you know what? People are going to go online and the pictures of first impression. Always use a professional photographer for whatever amount of money. People aren't going to go back later. And no matter how good your cell phone is, you can't put cell phone pictures of a, right. of a listing. But what I do is I go online, I do virtual staging, and then I print it out on poster paper at Staples, the virtual staging rooms. And then I would go to the property and I got those little um, contact strips and I put them in the rooms. So when I have an open house or people, agents are bringing clients there, they see an empty room and they can go, oh, look at this. This is what this would look like. And I've got a lot of positive feedback from that. I know a lot of agents don't do it, but that's helped. And the other thing is definitely marketing. You want to be online. If you don't know, I'm on TikTok, I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. I may not to get, get to all those profiles all the time, but when I do, I post and stick with one or two. And once you get you know better at it, then venture onto something else. But mm. you just want to post everywhere because you never know where you're going to get that next lead from words to live by i think i might want to change careers change from being a talk show host to now i'm going to sell homes buy homes make things happen be an agent go find out what's going on at coldwell banker lisa we are coming down to the last few minutes of the show and what i love to do at the end of every show is just simply allow my guests the opportunity to speak directly to the audience to everyone who is watching this show live as well as everyone who is watching it in the archives and let them know what you want them to take away from your appearance here today. Thank you, Sharifa, for having me. First and foremost, if anyone has any questions at all, no matter where you are in the country, because with Cobalt Banker, I have a referral network across the country, which is nice. So I have agents, California, Idaho, Nebraska, Florida, wherever you may be. I also, if you need lending questions in terms of mortgages, like I said before, speak to your lender because it's a great time to refinance. The rates are low. But anyway, um, just have a great day. And if you need anything, like I said before, buying or selling, and I can direct you to someone in your area, feel free to reach out. You can message me on Facebook, find me on TikTok, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Thank you, Lisa. I want to thank you for being today's guest on Ashley for Videocast.
and podcast. I especially want to thank everyone who tuned in to watch the show live or in the archives. If you came to watch the show, please share the show, but also please support our guests. Her website link is in the Facebook post. Follow her on social media, reach out to her, and please, please, please find out more about how you can too be a realtor and start. Maybe you can ask Lisa. Maybe you can join her team because more people need to, I think, I saw something about McDonald's. I'm babbling now, but they said they put up. Did you see that sign that said nobody wants to work anymore? Did you read that article? I'll send it no. to you. But they're they're they're. I'm ending. But there's a short. There's they're short staff. So they put up this sign that says we're short staff. Bear with us. No one wants to work anymore. So I've been no, on this. You know why? Because people are still getting the pandemic money. I work in a restaurant too. No one wants to work because they're making more money home. Yes. So please don't just sit at home and chill. Find out a new career starting today. Yes. Get out there and make it happen. If you're interested in more ways I can help your business or if you want to be a guest, visit my website at ashtarifa.com. Until next time, everyone have a safe and a blessed day. Bye now.